You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome cause it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. So all that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go. Guys, this is the TSR Podcast, back again with your favorite hosts, myself, Jacob Patterson, and my co-host here, Bo McCauley. Bo, what is going on, my man? Not a whole lot, man. I'm just uh, hanging out here, just enjoying a Thursday night in. I know you uh, watched that Ravens game tonight, man. What'd you think about it? I think the Ravens are really good, and I'm rethinking my Super Bowl pick from episode one. Mm, And remind everybody who that was. Well, it was for the New England Patriots and the New Orleans Saints uh, to face off in the Super Bowl, but it was going to be the Ravens and the Patriots in the AFC Championship in the AFC Championship game. I just don't believe that it is very easy to beat the Patriots twice. Not saying then that you know Patriots still won't win, but the Ravens look really good. The Jets have the number two run defense in the NFL, and Lamar and Mark Ingram had their way with them tonight, plain and simple. Pretty much Lamar is having his way with any defense, no matter the rankings, no matter the playmakers on that side of the ball. Lamar Jackson is making things look easier than it's supposed to look. Oh, way, way easier. I mean, 1,100 yards at the quarterback position speaks for itself. I mean, it's it is it's it's a new record, and I don't I don't see anyone breaking it. <laughs> He'll break it again himself if anyone does it. Well, like I said, or what I wanted to say, Bo, is I was going to bring it in. Lamar Jackson, everybody, broke Michael Vick's rushing record tonight. Um, he needed, what was it? 22 yards, Bo? I think it was. Yeah, it was 22. Yeah. And basically he continues on this trek to become, um, the NFL MVP that no one saw coming. Uh, I would have loved to have known the Bovada odds of Lamar Jackson winning the MVP this year at the yeah. beginning of the season. Cause I would have taken that bet. I wouldn't have, but going back, I would have made a lot of money. You know what I mean? If I could see into the future, but also let me drop something for you, Bo. And this is something that a friend of mine, um, basically brought to my attention recently that this year the NFL MVP is going to be younger than the player that wins the Heisman in college. Really? Yeah. Joe Burrow is older than this is assuming uh, Lamar Jackson wins. This is assuming Lamar Jackson wins and assuming Joe Burrow wins the Heisman, which in, in, you know, great assumptions, wonderful assumptions, great assumptions. You know, I don't think I'm that far (laughs) off with either one of those, Uh, but yes, Lamar Jackson is younger than Joe Burrow. And I think that's unbelievable. That is, it is hard to even think about that. The Heisman winner in college is older than the NFL MVP this year. It, it blows my different mind. Strokes for different folks, but that is that's another level right there. It, it really is, and I don't know if you saw Vic's uh, reaction to uh, Lamar breaking his record. It was awesome. They put out a oh, video of him. He was, yeah. he was watching the game. Uh, it looked like he was in his home theater. Um, that's how it should be every time someone breaks a record, man. That should, that's exactly how it should be. It should be all with respect and just respect. I mean, I don't really know where I was going with that. It's all about respect, man. Like I said, it's next man up in the NFL. And prior to Lamar breaking uh, Vic's record, Vic said this. 
It's a cool moment in sports, especially for Lamar and also for the Baltimore Ravens. It's something that everybody can be excited about. Breaking that record, it's something that I can honestly say I didn't think I'd see for a long time. When Lamar was coming out of college, we had conversations. I used to tell him, play your game and be you. But I couldn't even foresee Lamar doing this so quickly. It shows if you're with the right teammates, the right coaches, the right organization, it shows you what can happen. I think Vic right there said it best. No one saw this coming, but if a guy gets in the right situation, Bo, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like let's put it like this: when Minka Fitzpatrick was with the Dolphins, right? Oh yeah, I love this comparison. He, he was he was he was still a great player. He was still a great player, but when he got to Pittsburgh, got in that defensive scheme, got with those coaches and that organization, the guy's unrecognizable to the player he was before. He is much more. It seems like he's just much more. Um, buying in to the defense. That's what it seems like to me. I, he's, I think he's he, the missing link. It's exactly what it is. He fits perfectly in that defense. And I think that's what happened with Lamar. And Harbaugh worked with Lamar. And, you know, instead of making Lamar something that he wasn't, he basically bought into Lamar's offense and what he could do and built his offense around it. Mm-hmm. It, he changed. He changed his playbook to fit Lamar's play style because that's the way it should. Greg Roman too deserves a ton of credit. The offensive coordinator Roman deserves a ton. A, I mean, he was with, he was with Kaepernick. I think he knew the direction it had to go. Once as soon as the shift happened, I think he knew the direction that it all needed to go. And I've been seeing a lot of people talk about how did the Baltimore Ravens know that Lamar Jackson was going to be this good? And I think that goes no. Okay, first of all, nobody. Do you knew, think? Question though, do you? Let me interrupt. Do you think they're the 32nd pick that year? I believe. Do you think if they had the 14th pick, you think they take Lamar, or you think it's because that's where the quarterbacks are flying off the board? I'm not looking at that year's draft board yet. Probably should have before this, okay. but I mean, do you still think? I mean, not they still deserve all the credit in the world. They're the ones that took them. The GM and the coach, whoever was in that room that night, they all deserve all the credit in the world for getting their next yeah. franchise QB. But I mean, who knows? I, I don't. I don't really have it in front of me right now exactly who was taken in that first round. But if the quarterbacks are flying off the board, you know they deserve some credit for for you know for believing in that hype that you know we got to get a quarterback right now and a little luck for it being Lamar who's left. Because what if someone else took him? You know they're in a different situation. My but, thing with that draft class, that QB class in particular. So I had yeah. on my QB board, basically, I had Sam Darnold as my number one guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I still believe that. I still believe that Sam Darnold had the intangibles to be the number one guy. And I think moving forward, he still could prove to be that. It's going to be very hard to beat Lamar at this point. Yeah. Um, but basically, you know, in that QB class, you had Sam Darnold, yeah. Rosen, um, R.I.P. to Rosen. Rosen was a great quarterback prospect. He just went into a situation that was awful for him and then got sent to another terrible situation. So yeah. people out there need to know that Josh Rosen is a very talented quarterback. He's just been stuck in two really bad situations. That's all that is. You also had Josh Allen, who there were a lot of question marks about Josh Allen. About there his was. Ac- about his accuracy. Who about he played the, in college. Yeah, the competitiveness of his schedule. The, everybody knew he had a big arm. But also, no one took into consideration that this guy was mobile. And he's proved that in the NFL, too. This guy is dangerous on the run. I think, I mean, he's easily the most dangerous quarterback on the run out of that draft class behind Lamar Jackson. 
And he 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 does it every game, game in and game out. He he attacks the defense with his legs. But are you asking me, Bo? So are you asking, should they have used the the that pick on them, or are you show? Are See, you would they have if they had it earlier? When would they have done that? And I have a little fun little anecdote. Well, they did they did they did have an earlier pick in that draft because they took Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Okay. They took it on the, on the tight end out of South Carolina. They took. Hayden they were Hurst. still banking on a guy to fall there. They were still banking on it. And, and, and then guess who the next quarterback taken? The next two quarterbacks taken after Lamar Jackson. You can tell me if this was a no brainer quarterback pick with your next pick was Mason Rudolph. We've seen what's going on with that pick. And then the next one was Kyle Laletta out of U of R to the Giants in the fourth round. All right. I mean, <laughs> now do you know? Do you remember? I can't. I can't think about it right now. Do you know where Minshew fell to? Fourth or fifth round? Is he the 2018 class? He is. Well, that's what I'm looking through right now. I am sifting. No, through. no, 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 no. You're right. No, no, no. You're no. You're right. He was he was this past year's class. I'm sorry about that. I was thinking he was in that class for some reason. So basically, yeah, like you said, Mason. Not Rudolph, a deep QB class. It after, was not a after deep the QB after class. the front of it. It was not. And see, basically, that's when the NFL kind of learned, I think. Luke Falk was in the sixth round. He's not yeah. been good at all. <laughs> I know he's on a team. Yeah, well, my thing was, a lot of the times when the QBs are coming out, when, you, when you're when you looking at the uh, draft class coming up, everybody's like, oh, this is the draft class to get a quarterback. And that's not always the case, man. It no. really wasn't. And it showed in that draft class. Yeah, you've got Lamar Jackson. And Josh Allen, those two right there are really the two guys that you've got. And then you've got Baker. You got Baker in there. Kyle too. Allen's out of that class. Kyle Allen is out of that class. See, though, actually, it well, seems like. He's not drafted, though. It seemed like, but see, look at the guys at the top. You had Rosen um, and Darnold that were taken at the top of that class. And those two guys haven't really proved yet they should have been taken above, especially Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Josh Allen Donald looks good. I think I just, he looks good, but I, I don't, I don't I like Adam Gates either. Right I would take Josh Allen over. over oh, oh right. yeah, over that guy 100%. for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. And like you said, there were some guys that fell back, like Mason Rudolph, Kyle Allen. Um, I think I keep, if the league was redrafted today, Josh Allen would be a high draft pick. I mean, he's young. He's got a big arm. He makes decent decisions. I mean, look at what they're doing this year out of nowhere. I mean, I don't. I think they were. He also Vegas has had them in like the an last, eight eight preseason prediction or something. That's true. That's true. But I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he has lost his past four games, hasn't he? They are on a decline. They're slumping. They are slumping. But that nine wins is nine wins. To start, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I completely understand what I you feel mean. Like they might have. A, they have another easy division game, I think, coming up. Well, put put it like this. Kyle Allen was making people question, wow, you know, do we need Cam? I mean, you have to do some very impressive playing to make Carolina Panther fans wonder that. That you have to come out, come in and show out. But like you said, you know, I, I don't know if they were banking on Lamar Jackson to fall or if they yeah, were like, you know what? I, they I don't knew what know. they needed first. They addressed look, what they needed first, for sure. They could definitely have just come out a winner on this because – Say they took Hayden Hurst, and maybe they didn't even think Lamar Jackson, you know, was worth that pick. Clearly they didn't. But then he falls, and you know they can't pass up on a quarterback. Joe Flacco's on the decline. Let's get a young quarterback, you know, that maybe can change things up in here. He's mobile. Uh, he's a Heisman winner. Let's get him in like here. Said, at the time, it was him, Mason Rudolph, and 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 Kyle Lallette, dude. Like that, that was time. it. You know, at that point, Lata, whatever. 
I mean, Latela Tomato Tomato at that point, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's he's no Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, that was that was pretty good, bro. Yeah. Uh, but enough about Lamar Jackson, man. Like I said, the Ravens, no matter what you say now, they've got their man. He is leading them right now. They've got and the he, man. And he's unstoppable. He is the man. Just like Patrick Mahomes was the man last year, Lamar Jackson is the, is the man this year. But I want to talk about the guy who was the man for so long for another franchise. I want to talk about Eli Manning. Okay. Eli Manning started um, this past week for the Giants. Daniel Jones was out with an ankle injury, I believe. And uh, a lot of people love Eli out there. I have my own opinions, Bo. I know why some people talk down on him, and I understand why some people talk very highly of him. Uh, I think you 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 have you have solid evidence to go either way, okay? Absolutely. But I will say for Eli Manning, the biggest thing is is he he was 500 in his uh, career with the Giants, okay? And now he's below 500. He is 116 and 117 as a Giant starter. But people are really, taking that, he dropped under 500 in this game. Dropped under 500 in, in this past Ooh. game. Eagles game, I think, wasn't it? It was the Eagles game. Um, wow. And, but but this is what people don't take into consideration, Bo. His career record is actually 124 to 121 because the other stat isn't including the playoffs. And we all know how good Eli Manning was in the playoffs. If anyone is sitting here saying, Deadly. "Oh, yeah, Eli Manning's not clutch," let's let's look back to when he he is the only guy to beat. Back if you're making that, beat. if you're making that argument that he's not glutch, I can't. I don't think we could yeah. have the same conversation. Yeah, exactly. Now, I still believe the greatest catch I've ever seen live was Antonio Tyree, right? I you still think that's think better he, than Santonio Holmes. Uh, I think it is because the way he pinned it to his helmet, uh, pretty much double coverage. And I'm going to be honest, in no shape, in no shape. Way or form, do I think that Eli Manning didn't just close his eyes on that throw and toss it? I, everybody's <laughs> like, oh, that's what, what an amazing play by Eli Manning. That guy had both eyes closed, I believe, and just threw it up and said a prayer, and a miracle happened. That's what I think of that. Uh, Tyree is the man for that. Without him making that catch, they he's don't win that super. He's a legend. Oh, he's a legend. Every, pretty much that's why you know Antonio Tyree. His, his great-grandkids will see that on replay. Absolutely. I mean, how amazing is that? That's one of the greatest plays of all time. That's why it's, you it's, start. That's why you start playing football. Exactly, and it's the it's the greatest catch I've ever seen live. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see um, the Odell Beckham catch live. A lot the of my one, friends. Did. Oh, the, the, first, the one that made Odell Beckham. The one that made Odell Beckham. Was it against the Cowboys? It was against the Cowboys. Yeah, um, the three three finger catch. Three finger. The I think it was the fourth finger, yeah, the pinky, and the thumb. Yeah, oh, golly. Got a defender draped all over him, tugging on him. I, I still don't know how he made that play. You, gotta, you just got to wonder how, how something like that's possible. It, it's – I don't – I can't, it's, I it's have athletes, no, I can't man, just they sit make here me, on this podcast and act like I know how to do that. Exactly. Well, it's athletes, man. They're so good nowadays. They make the impossible look possible, which, again, I'm not trying to keep – you know sound like a broken record, but that's what Lamar Jackson has done this season. OK, that's what Patrick Mahomes did last season with the, the no look passes. And then, you know, he tries to replicate it this year and he's throwing them out of bounds over his tight end's head. Stuff he's, like been, that. he's been hurt some as well. He he's Matt, Matt Curse strikes again. But in that game, Ben, and I'm going to I mean, Ben, Bo, uh, see, you know, um, he passed Big Ben for seventh all time in touchdown passes 
this past uh, week. Eli Manning did. Okay. And like, do what? No, no, no. He won't won't pass him. No, big, big band will pass him again next year. But like I said, man, people talk down on Eli, but given the chance to take a quarterback in 2004, that would start every single game for 14 years and win two Super Bowls, every single franchise in the NFL, probably except the Patriots would do it. And let's think about it. Do you think Eli has trade value in the league today? Would you, if you were desperate, let me look at a team like next year, be, if Miami was still be. desperate, would you would you trade for him? No. Or if like Washington won't be desperate, they have no, no, because, because what are you going to give somebody. up? Somebody. What, what are you going to give up? You're, you're not what if give someone up. said, give us Eli for a fifth rounder? Would you do it if you were desperate? Probably say, not. Say Darnold not, goes down and you say, well, not Darnold. They would, they would never trade him to the Jets. Say say Miami drafts a young gun. He goes down. You know what I mean? Would you, okay. would you do it? No. If you were the GM, not Miami was probably going their own route with things. I'm saying I'm asking, would Jacob Patterson as GM trade for Eli ever or just – no. no, I wouldn't. I would I not. Would. I, I don't think I would either, even though he didn't look bad the other night in the rain. He did look bad the other night, but I mean, he was know, throwing you know, some he had some drops. He he hit some guys in the hands. The thing with the, the fifth rounder for Eli, okay, what what did we just talk about? Minshew, right? Yeah. You know, we now neither one of us know exactly what round he was or what pick, but you said he was a fourth or fifth rounder. Okay. Well, I'm taking Gardner Minshew over Eli Manning right now. I, I don't care. Oh, yeah. I mean, young. So, 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 yeah, he's got things And, and going say it's not him. even a quarterback. See, he's see, a six-rounder, by the way. There have been six-rounder. Okay. <sighs> All right. Close. So, so literally, you, you know, hypothetically, you're supposed to get better guys in the fifth round than you do the sixth round, right? That's not how it always works. But think about it. There have been very good fifth-rounders, man, that have fallen in the NFL draft. That I definitely would take over Eli Manning. Eli Manning has no trade value. If it's me, if I'm the GM, there is absolutely no trade value for Eli Manning. Eli Manning is on his last leg, and I there's agree. you know you know the, the the muscle is deteriorating in that leg. Like <laughs> you, you know like there, there isn't. He's got nerve could, damage. Yeah, there's nothing there's much. nothing that you're going to say to me to make me take on Eli Manning. And then and, and what's going to happen is is once Eli Manning gets to that team. Pretty much, unless you you've got a guy like Mahomes or somebody. There's Five gonna, years it, ago, I would have taken him. Well, exactly. But see, what's going to happen is he's going to get there, Bo, and then you know how media is and how um oh, how how just like basically media, the, what they're going to do is is they're going to say, all right, QB controversy in Miami, and it's really not. You just have a guy maybe even mentoring uh, Josh Rosen or Fitzpatrick. Not not mentoring Fitzpatrick, but you know what if I'm saying. If you have someone half decent, it won't be much of a controversy if Eli's there. Exactly. Because I mean, but, they'll beat Eli for the job. But the thing is, is they're going to say, oh well, you know, this guy's more experienced. He's played in the big moments. You see what I'm saying? It's going to make a QB controversy, I think. And I, and I just know how the media is. He, he's staying where he is. But he's yeah. got, well, okay. I don't think he's staying. He's definitely leaving the Giants. But you think I'm, he's going to be a free agent or he's going to retire? I think it's 50-50. I think he still wants to keep playing football, but I don't think there are any teams out there, you know, especially with these fresh crops of quarterbacks coming in year after year now. I don't I don't see I think they Eli seem, Manning, quarterbacks they just seem more athletic. Like they're they can they can withstand like they can get outside the pocket and save themselves. Like Gardner Minshew basically. You know what I mean? Exactly. He he gets out and so, makes himself plays and turns himself into a winner. Exactly. So basically, you, 
basically, I don't think there's any trade value for him, man. I love Eli Manning. I think he probably deserves more respect than he, he's gotten. He he had all the respect in the world when he beat, beat the Pats, and then, you know, ever since, people are just kind of saying more and more kind of. Well, he's got all the respect in the world. I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, it's but, true. Let's think about it. But where does he, where does he rank in that? Uh, 2004 QB class that came out with Philip Rivers, Big Ben, and Eli Manning. Okay, so I swear there's another one in there too. There, I think there is another one. But okay, so so out of those three though, where are you ranking him? So I guess the most, the most, I would probably put, I'd probably go Big Ben, Eli, Philip Rivers. Sorry, Philip Rivers, but Rivers has su- to be at the back. Yeah, he has to be at the back. Um, Super Bowls play a part when. You know, rings is rings aren't everything, but I mean, Rivers is a classic underachiever in the NFL, even though he has a great can-do attitude about it. That's true. That's true, and he's I mean, probably one he of the best trash great talking. Great on up. What, yeah, one of the best trash talking quarterbacks. But yeah, you got to step AFC up. Championship. And I think he's had the his worst QB rating. I I think it's in over ten or eleven years, man. This year, he and he's in a contract year. And he has played terrible. He has been the reason the Chargers have have lost most of their games, and they've all been like close games. They've all I saw a stat the other day that like six of their losses are by seven points or less. Like if you have a guy like Philip Rivers, you're supposed to come out and win those games. You're supposed to outplay the other quarterback, the experience. You know what I mean? So you've got to put Philip Rivers at the end. You know, all respect to Philip Rivers. I still think he was a great quarterback, man. Coming out coming out of NC State. But, you know, he, 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 I'm not putting him over Eli Manning. I'm not putting him over Big Ben. And when it comes to Big Ben and Eli, I think they're neck and neck stats-wise. But Big Ben seems – Big Ben keeps playing – what was it? Was it last year or the year before he led the league in passing yards? It was last year. Five, last year. 5, okay. When is the last? because we were losing a lot, but true. That's true. But when is the last time Eli Manning put up a stat like that? I mean, you know uh, what? I mean, that's true. I mean, but Eli Manning is it? Has is, he ever led the league in passing yards? Maybe. Ah, that's a good question, but I I couldn't tell He's you. He's had some. He had to fight his brother for a lot of those years. He did have to fight his brother, and he'll always be in Peyton's shadow. But I'm put. If I'm ranking those three guys, it's Big Ben, yeah. Eli Manning, Philip Rivers. So I like his finest moment was playing that AFC Championship game with a torn ACL. Yeah, and no disrespect. Cool. No disrespect to that Eli Manning. Being second, bad. being second, and being in front of Philip Rivers. That is, you know, that that is respect in itself. What year did Breeze come in? That wasn't that. It was before that, wasn't it? I'm trying. Yeah, Breeze is Breeze is older than Eli. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. Was it 2002? Yeah, it sounds right. I think it was 2002. Um, I may not be exactly right on that, but I think it was 2002. But see, the 2004 draft class or QB class is often uh, compared to the 1983 dra- uh, QB class. With Jim Kelly, John Elway, and Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. Okay. So which one are you taking? Okay. Which one are you gonna take, Bo? You're gonna take Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, and John Elway? That one. Take- that one. No question, that one. So you're ta- you're taking Kelly, Elway, and Marino over Rivers, Ben, and Manning. Yeah. Do you think it's that easy? Really? I mean I mean, John Elway. The guy who was literally showing us he knows nothing about drafting quarterbacks. He may have just hit on Drew Locke, you by the way. You said about playing quarterbacks. I know, I know. Not drafting them. 
Say those three again and tell oh, me that is so me, not okay, Dane okay, Marino. Oh, how about this? How about this? <laughs> okay, how about this? Jim right, Kelly, he didn't win four. He played in four. You know what I mean? Big Ben and Eli played in four together, even though Jim Kelly didn't win any. It's not all his fault. It's a different league back then. It was not all about your quarterback coming in, throwing 40 times to win the game for you. It was all about, it was a lot of it was tailored, tailored to a running game, your defense showing up night in and night out. You know what I mean? Everybody's defense had to show up back then. Oh, let me ask you this Ben Roethlisberger or John Elway? I mean, uh, John Elway ranks higher on the all time QB list. Um, I mean, I'm just being realistic here. But, but. Do you think he deserves that, or is it a lot of the name? John, John, John Elway, I would say, deserves to be ranked higher as a QB in in time. I think he's I'm going to be honest, man. That's going to be a question. We'll see. Big Ben wears number higher. seven because of John Elway. That's his the guy he looked up to as a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, Lamar Jackson runs because of Michael Vick, but look who's probably better. If well, if Big Ben comes back next year and somehow by the grace of the good Lord wins a Super Bowl for the magnificent Pittsburgh Steelers, you know – we might have a different talk if he marches him down the field, you know, constantly throws for a ton of yards. We go 13 and three and, you know, get the two seed, you know, I would in that, in that, in that you know, that production keeps happening. He's 15 years in again, guys would didn't play 15 years back in the day, be 15 years and you retire. Now they're looking at 15 years and then, then some, yeah. you know what I mean? Big Ben just signed a three year deal. Pretty much. He's locked in through 2021, but basically, so Moving I, mean, I think I think Elway's better all time though. I think it's going to be close. I think when when Roethlisberger finally retires, I think it's going to be close. His numbers are going to be close to Elway's, or they may be even better. They honestly may be, and he's won. But it's a different league too. It's kind of there's a lot of those arguments from the 80s to now. It's a different. It is a different league. Different it's, a, it's a more of a passing league. It's a more give, give, give John Elway, Kyle Shanahan. You know what I mean? That's true. Okay, I, I see what you're saying with that. Well, let's talk about this. So we're talking about old guys in the NFL. We're talking about you know the older guys that are they're on their way out of the league. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the the future of the NFL and what type of quarterback hands the NFL is going to be in moving forward. I think the NFL right now is in the probably one of the best situations they've maybe ever been in with upcoming QB talent to lead their league. I mean, let's look at it. You got Carson Wentz, you got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Yep. And I'm gonna throw Josh Allen in there. He's, He's in there. He's impressive. in there. He's in there. For now, sure. Now I may catch some slack for this, but you, Did you say Josh Rosen. You might want no, to. No, take no, no, no. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Okay, okay. Um, Definitely Josh Allen. I may catch some, you know, hate for this, but you've got to have him in there right now. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you got definitely have and to. And then this may be extremely early. But Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, people yes. have has played very good this year, but he hasn't gotten a lot of talk hey, about dude, it. Jimmy G is pretty young. Jimmy G is young. That's what I'm saying. Like you said earlier, Sam Darnold isn't playing Dak horrible. Prescott's young. Dak Prescott's young. I mean, he's about to sign his at, first major deal. I would put, and I'm no disrespect to Jared Goff whatsoever, but Jared mm-hmm. Goff has probably had one of the steepest regressions. He's maybe a hundred million dollar quarterback. He is, but but okay, but that's, we have to that's say that's kind of crazy. Yeah, so was it? Kirk Cousins. <laughs> okay, money He's doesn't too. Talk, money doesn't money doesn't mean things like it used to. Kirk is it it doesn't. I mean, look but, how much money Sam Bradford. But made. when you look at Jacoby Brissett's contract versus those guys and what the production they're getting, you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, 
and you know, you look, look, you got Joe Burrow coming in this coming year. More than likely, you have Tua coming in. And there's going to be, I, I think those guys will be very solid in the NFL. The the quarterbacks the NFL has now to move forward with are amazing. They're, the quarterback yeah. is in great. I mean, the I think they're, the they're NFL being asked to play defense. younger too. Do what? They're being asked to play a lot younger. They, they got a lot. They have a lot of reps at a younger age now. They do. But like I said, no disrespect to Jared Goff. I would have him in there, but I want to see what happens with him. I, I, I can't tell if he is a, much more a model for that Sean McVay offense. Because, uh, you know, the way I see it is Sean McVay just gets his guys open. The, the play calling he does, it's unreal. Yeah. Um, and the offensive schemes that he has. But Jared still, Goff, I still think he's doing just as good of a job with some of the play calls. The execution is just not going down the way they were last year. Well, see, I saw a stat. It was probably, I think it was in his last, like, 20, 20 games or 15 games. He, he's like... 18 touchdowns to 16 interceptions. Yeah, that, that's personnel. It seems like it at least. You think that's personnel though? I mean, he's not I, calling who's interceptions. Who's going to complain about? The, who, but who's going to be complaining about the personnel for the Rams? I mean, what, give me an offensive Wide coordinator. have had some issues. I mean, Wide receiver, but they have Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. Robert Woods does not get enough time. He regressed though. He regressed though. He's also, battled, he's, also battled, he's also battled some injuries. And let's talk about it. Robert Woods. Cooper okay. Cup isn't a big guy either. Cooper Cup is an incredible receiver, though. He's a beast. And nowadays, size, they're, they're switching back to a shiftier size receiver. Exactly. Nowadays. I mean, look at Robert Woods. Tell me an NFL team, though, that wouldn't want Robert Woods as their number three receiver. Well, this guy, exactly I think he's the best. Up as the three right now, technically, there. Yeah, because you, you, you he's definitely he's not over Cup. One, he's in no way, shape, or form is Robert Woods over Cup in targets or anything like that. And I would say I would go to say I think Brandon Cooks is. It's tough. Who is the most overall talented guy between him and Cup? I still lean Brandon Cooks, but. I'm telling I me mean, because we all remember what Brandon Cooks is capable of when he was with the Saints. I mean, him and Michael Thomas for a while, you couldn't Thousand tell which yards one was first year with the Rams. Yeah, and you you couldn't tell which one when he was with Michael Thomas. You couldn't tell which one of those guys was better. So what I'm saying is, you know, I think Brandon Cooks is you know the number one there, big play threat. Cooper Cup, you just can't put Robert Woods over Cooper Cup. I mean, we've seen what Cooper Cup. He came back from a torn ACL last year, and look what he's done this year. Yeah. So, I mean, tell me a team that wouldn't want Robert Woods as their number three. They need a they need a tight end that Everett Everett and Tyler Higby aren't getting it done. No, they're not getting it done. That's but for sure. I, I, I think that, their, that's their be, offensive they're, line they're, regressed as well. Their offensive line has regressed, and I think we've started to see that Jared Goff is struggling under pressure. Whitworth he, is getting old. Whitworth is getting old. You gotta give respect to Whitworth though, man. Oh. That guy. Oh, that guy one, last year. That guy last year is huge part of the reason Gurley did what he did. He's, he's, one of, he's, he's one of the best. He's one of the best people as well. He really is. He really is. But let's move on to our next topic here, Bo. I want to talk about Odell Beckham. Everybody knows who Odell Beckham is. And apparently, Bo, he just might want out of Cleveland. He has told players and coaches to come and get me. Told them that after a game in October. Now, Bo, the teams that Cleveland played in October were three teams. All right. They played the San Francisco 49ers. They played the Seattle Seahawks and Banana Banana the New England Patriots. Ooh. Okay. 
Now, personally, out of those three teams, it is extremely hard for me to decide where I would rather see him play. I would love to see Odell with Tom Brady. I would love. I would You'd also, love to see that. I would love to see that. <laughs> oh, I, I, I mean, I, that's a, I mean, if we're gonna watch, I would love, a to, see, I would love to see Odell. Be- I would love to see Odell with um, Bill Belichick and just with the Patriots because you know the way I see it is. I'd, know, like to, I'd rather see him with Kyle Shanahan in the NFC. Uh, okay, let me get to it. Let me get to it. But I'm gonna be honest with you. The person I want to see him most with is Russell Wilson. Do you, what are the odds you think of that happening? I don't think the odds are great, but I think that's pretty, not, that's not what I'm asking, bro. That is not what I'm asking. Let me dream here. Yes, I love the dreams. All right. Russell Wilson, we talked about him a little bit earlier on episode one and episode two. We talked about how Russell Wilson has played with guys named Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Uh, if you want to throw in, I guess you could throw in Percy Harvin. But – Imagine giving Russell Wilson, a guy that has done so much with a rookie this year, you know, Tyler Lockett's probably a number two almost NFL teams. Imagine giving that man Odell Beckham. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would agree. Tyler Lockett's definitely in two on most teams earlier this year. He looked like a clear cut one for a little bit. But imagine that. Imagine giving Russell Wilson Odell Beckham. Now, like you said, I would love to see. Odell in that Shanahan offense with Jimmy G, Jimmy GQ. And apparently, let me tell you this, apparently, now this is, I think it's more likely he goes to the 49ers, okay? Odell is a businessman, okay? He he likes to advertise himself through jewelry. He wants tattoo, a trade, tattoos, right, is what we're looking tattoos, at here? Pretty much is what it would be. Basically, he's asking teams to come and get him. Trade something for me. Let me come play for you. But basically, you know, this guy loves to represent himself through shoes, um, jewelry. Proposing to field goals, kicking to, nets. Yeah, to kicking nets. And I think he would love to be out in Cali. That's just he, what I You said Jimmy GQ. He's OBGQ. Yeah, there you go. I like it. I like it. Man. I mean, if you think about it, he cut his hair off. And got short hair again because he had that, you know, the blonde flowing mane. It was, it was kind of cool. Only, only OBJ could pull that off. I mean, only I OBJ. But oh. he's got his hair down. He's supposed to be, I guess, seeming more serious about it. And I don't want to say he hasn't been. I guess I'm not that in tune with the Browns to say so. But, I mean, it's I don't think anyone expected Jarvis Landry to step in and, and, and take his catches and late in the season be the threat. I mean, I, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Well, he's also dealt with Baker Mayfield going through a seems to be a strong regression. What is up with the NFL, Jacob? And a little side rant here. There is a serious problem with NFL linemen, like offensive line talent today. It seems like half the league is scraping by. I mean, would you agree unless, with that? Unless you have a guy named Quentin Nelson, who is probably one of the yeah. best offensive line yeah. prospects. Who I don't I, since I don't know when Quentin Nelson is what you want all of your it's offensive a walking linemen. Hall of Famer, in my opinion. He's already, already. I, I, I mean, he will he will get there. If he plays twelve years, he'll get there. He'll be a exactly. Pro Bowler for nine of them. But look, 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 look at me already. I'm already getting you on a rant that's not even about your question. <laughs> all right, so I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with the offensive line. You know, ta- I'm not gonna say it's talent. It seems to be that there is almost no 
team in the NFL right now that doesn't have an offensive line that is just completely banged up. It I seems mean, that way. I mean, it, it does. The Steelers, the Steelers offensive line is one of the better ones and they've between suspensions and, uh, you know, injury here and there, they've been oh, kind of healthy, but the Browns, the Bengals have had no offensive line. Uh, the Dolphins don't have an offensive line. They don't traded. know why we had to bring that yeah. up, but I had to. Well, it's been a part of part of their fundamental problem. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Well, we drafted the number one um, offensive lineman in that class, and he didn't even see the field. Didn't even see the field. But that's not just. It's a good question, Bo, and I don't really know how to answer that with the offensive line. Yeah, the Rams are struggling. It seems the the Skins struggle. The Giants are struggling. You look at these teams that you're saying. Let's look at the teams you're saying right now. Okay, the Giants have been struggling for a little while. Okay, but look at the teams you're saying right now. You've got the Rams that are struggling right now, the offensive line. That offensive line was unbelievable last year, which, again, is why Todd Gurley could have maybe – he wasn't, but he could have maybe been in the MVP race last year, just like he was the year beforehand because that I, offensive just, line was – I don't ever see a running back winning that award again. It's just – Oh, it's, it'll it's, happen it's, again. It'll happen again. And I, if you may be honest with you, I'm putting my money on Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, but well, don't you think he would have been this season? How could he replicate this and more? You think he will one day? He's going to have to have a great quarterback. I think, quarterback if I you think he has two done. more seasons probably where he could possibly do it. I just feel like this kind of season is about as – how could he get – I mean, he's but, been maxed out on Madden. Not that that means anything in real life, but, I mean, what's he got? Uh, well, I mean, over 1,000 yards and getting there and receiving yards. Well, he's got about 1,800 scrimmage yards right now, which is which is unbelievable. It really is. But like you were saying, Bo, you're talking about the Rams, their offensive line – Struggling now. Okay, you got wh- who's been the talk of Dallas forever? The offensive line. All right, they're struggling now. Okay, uh, who was the other? Oh, okay, the Eagles when they won their Super Bowl runs. The strength of that offense was that offensive line. Okay, they're, they're starting to struggle now. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, a lot of it. You know, you got to give defensive coordinators um, credit. You know, they're throwing different packages at these guys and. You know they're getting to the quarterback because defensive coordinators learn faster than pretty much anybody else. They got they, to you get them they're, exactly. They're, that's where they make their money. You get them film, you give them some film to watch, and they're going to make the adjustments and they're going to get to your guy. That's why Sean McVay is starting to have a little bit of a problem now because you know he he caught the league off guard with his play calling, but now look at it, defensive coordinators have caught on. Do you think that's ever going to happen to Lamar? Do you think his play oh, style is built around have, beating it's, him? It's inevitable. It is inevitable in the NFL. Lamar, because it seems like it's happened to Brady. But let's okay. Brady, a lot of that also falls on Josh McDaniels as an amazing offensive coordinator his, and Bill his, and, his and, release and, time of the football too. Exactly, and Bill Belichick just outsmarting other teams. You give you give a guy, give me a guy that is one of the best. You know, film studiers from another team, and Bill Belichick's probably going to beat him. Bill Belichick, what what that guy's watching? Bill Belichick watched three days ago. <laughs> yeah, well, he, you know it's what, at his house next to his. Yeah, TV. you know what I mean. Like he he's got it in his in his in his living room cabinets, and he's already been through them. Okay. So, and like I said, Josh McDaniels still he does still doesn't get talk like he should about how good of an offensive coordinator he is. Like you said, Brady release time. What helps that release time? Quick slants. Julian Edelman. Wes Welker. You know what I mean? You've got these guys that are that are tight. They're tight. They're quick. They're twitchy. They get off the line. They break. That's that is what 
helps Brady with his release time because these guys got to get open. You know, no matter how fast I can move my arm forward, I got to have a guy to throw to. He's throwing to a spot. You know exactly. I mean? You're throwing to a spot. You're not throwing at a player. You're throwing at a spot, and that player is expected to be there. And more times than not, Ju- Julian Edelman is going to be there. It's been well worked out beforehand. Exactly. But like I said, bro, it's hard for me to answer that question with offensive line, the offensive line. I think there's a lot of teams that were, were just pounding the rock um, last season and the year before that are really struggling right now, whether that be because of injuries, defensive coordinators throwing different packages at them. I don't know. I thought the Titans O-line struggled at the beginning of the year. Well, see, a lot of the – okay, Taylor uh, Taylor Luan, it's, it's a lot of, like, single single guys that are struggling now. Um, who is the guy – who is the um, tackle for the Lions? I'm trying to think. I can't remember his name. Um, I'm going to be really mad after this podcast because he's one of my favorite offensive linemen. But Luan, Taylor Decker? Taylor Decker is a good offensive lineman, right? He has struggled ungodly this year. Mm-hmm. Luan is probably having his worst season ever. Um, they, they all, I would say Jack Conklin is too. Jack Conklin is too. Basically, their most consistent um, offensive lineman right now is Ben Jones at center. By the he, way, go Bulldog. He That's is Bulldog he Georgia? Right okay. Georgia, let's go. But, but like you said, man, I don't know. I wish I could answer that question better for you. But let's get back to – I want you to see how far – I wish we could do a timeline back to how far away we just got away from our topic. It's talking about Odell. Talking about Odell. He's been playing through a sports hernia this season, okay? He's dealt with injuries lately with his ankle, quad injuries, pretty much all since 2017. The thing that I think, though, I hate to you know, break off again, is, is that if you're if you're on the field, I hate to be playing hurt excuse because you shouldn't be out there if you can't play. Okay, I, let me counter that. There are some guys, man, that come out there that want to give as much as they can to their team. Okay, and I think that, to put in perspective, I think that is what Cam Newton has done for the Panthers. Because Cam Newton, I'm, I don't think that he's been healthy probably since 2015. Like you were saying the other day on the day, episode two of the podcast. Yeah, I don't believe so either. But he wants to be out there. He wants to perform. He wants to be with his teammates. I respect that. Like you said, yes, it's one thing to come out there and know you're you're not well enough to be out there playing, and you may be a liability. That's one thing. But to come out there and think that you can play your best, even though you'll take a little pain for it, I love that. That that is something that, that toughness. You know, like we like we said with Matthew Stafford, man. Matthew I Stafford. I love it too. I just don't like it when it's an excuse. Okay, I understand that. I understand. That. And like I was saying, man, earlier um, when we were talking on the pod too, that Matthew Stafford played with pretty much what they're calling a broken vertebra in his back earlier. has he ever played healthy <laughs> i don't know if he's ever played healthy man probably not since georgia to be honest i swear much in my when i was younger when i was in high school i'd watch steelers games and they'd bring up a like an x-ray chart of big ben and just point to all the injuries he has throughout the season he's just playing through broken fingers sprained ankles uh torn cartilage all but, kinds of crazy stuff but when you're a fan but when you're a fan bro and you're sitting there and you're like you got a big game coming up it's thursday night football you're taking that hurt Big Ben over that backup every day of the week. Mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, I just love those quarterbacks like like Big Ben and like you know honestly I think Lamar Jackson's this way. Lamar Jackson would never let the injury be the reason he lost a game. You know he would he would never let that be the narrative. It would be that he didn't make the throw or or the the player you know he like you know he shouldn't have fumbled or something. It would never be because his ankle hurt. It would never be because his finger was broken. You know what I mean by that? I understand. I understand it's, what you're it's, saying. It's a mindset, and I, you know I don't. There's some guys who would say, well, I wasn't healthy, and just, 
you know, I, I feel that and I feel for them and it definitely hinders them, but it can't be, if you're on the field, if you suit it up, you're, you're supposed to contribute. In my uh, I, I completely, I agree with you. I definitely can see you can come from any side of it really, but he, he, this is the, the crazy thing to me, Bo. So Odell hasn't had his greatest year this year. Everyone knows that the, the entire Cleveland Browns offense is struggling, but there are people out there, Bo, and I've seen it personally, that think that Odell Beckham is not an elite wide receiver anymore, and that you know, crazy. like that 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 catch made him. And I don't understand it. I don't know. I, okay, obviously, let's think about the guys that you're going to put over Odell Beckham right now in the NFL. Okay, let's think about DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to put him over Odell. I'm going to put Michael Thomas. Sure. Uh, I'm. When Antonio Brown was playing, I was putting Antonio Brown up there. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to count that right now. Maybe a year ago. Let's think about it. Now, give me some more names, Bo. Give me guys that you're putting over Odell Beckham right now that you would take Maybe over. Maybe Devontae Adams. Maybe Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams has been struggling with some injuries, but so has Odell. So you know what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll chalk it up. You pr- you maybe could do that right now. Who else? Let's think about this. I'm I'm, I'm think uh, Julio. Julio. Okay. Um. No one on the Panthers. No one. Are you taking Tyreek Hill over him? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. So you got you got, um, five, you got five guys right now. And look at Mike you- Evans. Maybe. Ooh. What do you think about that, Chris Godwin? Give him to me. <laughs> He's killing it this year. No, no, but you're not putting. You're so. not taking. You, no, I'm not taking Chris Godwin over. He's Chris Godwin is killing it this year. He is killing year. it. In no way, in no shape or form, am I disrespecting Chris Godwin. But I'm not putting him over Odell yet. Um, let's see, Mike Evans. Ah, that's tough. That's really tough. You can't. I'm not saying definitely not Amari Cooper. Uh. Oh, Amari Cooper's Amari Cooper. If he keeps playing the way he's playing, it's going to be close, but not now. You're not putting. It. And and I want you to see something, bro. Now we're sitting here, and me and you both watch a lot of football. It's the only thing I watch. Okay, so well, I, I do watch other things, but but it is it is the main thing in my life. It's my baby. So and we're sitting here, and as much as we know about football, bro, we are struggling to name seven receivers that we would take over Odell Beckham. But yet there are people out there. So where so where do people think elite? stops do people think after the top five you're not elite anymore okay tell that I, I to Devontae Adams. Ten, i think it's about eight to ten is where elite quits i would it's say because it's what 12 teams make the playoffs if you're the number one wide receiver on a playoff team you're pretty legit let me ask you this are you are you taking a healthy aj green over odell Gosh, that's a tough question. Probably not because of the injuries that will probably arise later for right. AJ Green. And but, but if, if, see, if, if it could never happen right. again, give me AJ Green. If it's just pure health for three straight years and pure health for OBJ for three straight years, I'll probably take AJ Green. He's a hoss. I mean, in every he's, he's got it all. Even though he's my favorite player, I'm not taking him over Odell. I'm not fully healthy. No, I'm not doing that. What what? How many winning teams has Odell been a part of? His his presence has helped no one. Okay. Let me stop you right there. How okay? Let's let's think about this. How much? And I want you to be honest with me. I love Ob. I mean, I think he's great, but I don't think he. Okay. How much is AJ Green's presence? How much how much has AJ Green's presence helped the Bengals? I mean, y'all won like what like what two thousand. 
17 or something like that. He won like nine straight games and won the division that year. Yeah, but let's think about this. I mean, look, look, at, look at who. Look at who. Even seen a playoff game, has he? Maybe well, one. How about this? How about this? How about this? I'm going to come at you from this angle. All right. Who were the receivers that Odell Beckham had? Seen like three playoff games. Who were, who were the receivers that Odell Beckham had playing with him in uh, New York? Sterling Shepard. Okay, no, no, no. Before Sterling Shepard. He was only with Sterling Shepard for two years. I mean, how long? He was only been in New York for three. Him and no, he's in New York for four. Victor Cruz. Okay, Victor Cruz, who was always hurt. Mm. So you can't even think about it. But let's, let's look at who A.J. Green was playing with that season. The season that you just said, he had Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is number Kenny, two. Is a, an unbelievable number two. Kenny Galladay really showed up this year, but I I would argue that Marvin Jones was better than Kenny Galladay last year. Mohamed Sanu, you know, he's got to be good. The Patriots just traded for him, Bo. Bill Belichick's not an idiot. Last time I checked, so you give AJ Green look at look at the attention that. That comes off of AJ Green, and you have to understand this, bro. This is this is the AJ Green is almost half the reason I watch Bengals games. He is my favorite player, and it's not even close. But Odell Beckham had guys shadowing him constantly, and you also had. Let's be honest. Did you really trust even back when Odell when uh, Odell uh, was playing with Eli? And in, in, in the earlier years of Odell, Eli Manning still was not considered a great quarterback. Eli, he, yeah, he was struggling. I mean, okay, how, how about this? There. How about this? He was let's brought talk, in to help about, Eli. How about the catch? The catch that wasn't supposed to be a catch down the right sideline with the Cowboys. Okay, let's let's think about this. Do you do you see what Odell had to do just to even catch that ball? Oh, he was the whole thing. He was the whole play. It wasn't the accuracy by Eli. No. No, no, no. It was not that. The fact that this man had to reach back there with three fingers to grab a ball that was supposed to be going to him, apparently. I mean, I or, think or a guy in the first row, I couldn't tell. I think AJ Green is has given Andy Dalton a career as well. Oh, he definitely. Okay, okay. If we're talking about doing something for the quarterbacks, Odell. I'm a little okay. How about this? We'll look up the stats. I mean, we'll come I back just, on the next pod and we'll, we'll look up the stats and see how the Giants were with and without. Odell, and we'll yeah. compare it to the Bengals with and without AJ. Now I know it's bad without AJ. I, I mean, I feel like it's that. a semi-close, you know, race between the two. At that, they're at the back end of the top five. You know, both of them, in my opinion. You know, and, and it, it's AJ like, Green just can't get healthy. Okay, how about this? How about what if you had? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm still trying to think about receivers right now. I, you know what? I'm going to give you Mike Evans over Odell. Really, but give you won't you. give me AJ Green? No, I'm not gonna give you AJ Green. Mm. Mike, Mike Evans. Evans. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure he set he set the record this year. He's the first receiver since Randy Moss to um, open his NFL career with six straight 1,000 yards. Um, but is that a record to have, or is that like, I mean, like that's, that's a just a cool I'm taking stat. every day of the week if I'm somebody? Mean? That's not. Is that that'll be something they say in the Hall of Fame? I feel like that's something ESPN just. Well, ESPN has lost their back pocket. I mean, that's they not like a single season stat. rushing record. That's not like a most TDs ever in a season by a wide receiver. If you know what I mean, that's like I don't. I mean, that's great. It's huge. 
yeah. You know, I, I, basically, what I'm saying, people, is it is it's extremely hard to name eight is receivers. Mike Evans eight. wearing a gold jacket for you later in life? If not, what's it, that it, stat mean? Well, who's to say Mike Evans won't be? I mean, the pace I'm that asking he's on you right now, that. I think it's more likely than not he will be. It's more likely he will be than not? Yeah, I think I could get with that. Because, I mean, if, if he it, continues with this kind of play, sure. Well, let's think about it. Think about this. I just said what pace, you know, he's the first guy since Randy Moss to open his seat, like NFL career with it. It's either five or six straight thousand yards uh, receiving seasons. Okay. Well, then imagine the pace he's on. He's the first since Randy Moss to do that. Antonio Brown didn't do that. He had better. He's got. Uh, would you say that? Would you say that Randy Moss opened up with a better quarterback in Dante Culpepper than than he did in Jameis Winston and whoever else he had? Yes. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think Dante Culpepper was underrated. It's hard for me to say, being so young when he was playing, but I, I would agree he was better than Jameis is at this point. Jameis is so inconsistent. And so let's let me drop something real quick for people out there with Jameis Winston. Okay, Jameis Winston may be the first ever to lead the NFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns, and interceptions all in one season. <laughs> he is, I believe he's second in passing yards right now. I believe he's second in passing touchdowns, and he leads the league in interceptions. That's funny. I didn't realize that. I mean, I knew he really had interceptions, but I didn't know he was that high in all the talk other up, Talk about being up and down like we've all known Jameis Winston was. Of course, only Jameis Winston would lead the league in two positive things and then lead the league in a very negative thing as well. Yeah. But let's move on. We were talking about – we've been on the, the subject of A.J. Green. Let's talk about the Bengals. Let's talk about the Patriots. Did the Patriots vote? They just get caught cheating again. <laughs> It was a pretty weird situation they had there with that whole advanced scouting thing. Did you so, did you read into it at all? I did. I read into it a whole lot. So for the people out there listening, the Patriots teams – okay, the team's advanced scout was being filmed for a quote-unquote do-your-job video feature. Okay. The NFL is investigating this to see if the Patriots were taping the Bengals' play calling. Now, why? Here's my question. Why? Why – would Bill Belichick risk being caught doing something that cost him, what was it, 500000 He Bill Belichick himself was fined for $500,000 back in 2007 for the whole Spygate scandal. And for those out there that don't remember the Spygate scandal, in 2007, the Patriots were fined $250,000, lost the first-round pick, and their coach, Bill Belichick, was fined $500,000 for illegally recording the New York Jets' sideline signals. That was the Spygate scandal. So tell me, Bill, why would Bill Belichick, as smart as we talk him up to be, <laughs> why would Bill Belichick risk losing first-round picks, you know, if he hasn't traded them away already to rob somebody, why would he risk that his image, his team's image, to draft film, picks, potential draft, draft picks, picks, potential draft picks, to film the play calls of the Cincinnati Bengals, who are one and what is it now? Ten? Logically, it makes no sense. It, lo- it makes no sense. Which but it happened. It happened, but but did it happen? Were they just doing a do your job video no, well, feature? The NFL, the, I mean, there was eight minutes, and the NFL caught them pointing right at the sideline. I don't it think it shows that, eight minutes of the Cincy sideline. You're right. Yeah. 
You're yeah, right. I mean, it, the, the, there is clear – you're talking about – think about this for a second. Take this into account. This is the this is the franchise over the last 20 years when it comes down to discipline, following the rules, using the rules to their advantage, knowing it back and front. No, like they know their way – Bill Belichick in that franchise knows their way around every rule, every nook and cranny of that book. And you're trying to tell me that they don't know that they can't film that? That's what I think is like, and the, we're like talking the worst about part team, about it. We're talking about a team that apparently in the beginning either didn't know the rules or they just didn't give a damn about the rules because they were also they were, they were also fined a million dollars and lost two draft picks. And Tom Brady served a four-game suspension for the 2015 Deflategate scandal. Okay, so do I think that Bill Belichick or Robert Kraft or any of these guys are dumb enough to go into Cincinnati – and get caught. Obviously, they're dumb enough to get caught. This has happened twice. They've gotten caught twice. But I don't think they're doing this again. And why? Why would you go in and film a team that you you should have no issues beating? You know what I mean? It's not like you're playing the Rams. I agree. No, I don't. I don't see what, makes, what 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 positive the, comes out of the getting the Bengals play I mean, calls. They were they were documenting the whole advanced scouting thing. I mean, they have the Patriots.com documentary thing going on, kind of like the Browns did this year, where they follow the team in different parts of it. And I think it was about uh, the advanced scouting. And for people who don't know what advanced scouting is, when a team like say the Patriots plays the 49ers in two weeks, they send they send some of their scouts to their game to basically just take notes and scout the other team for the win, you know, to get ready for the game plan in a few weeks instead of the coach having to focus on it. And that supposedly was the aim of what the Patriots were doing. There was document doing a documentary on the advanced scouting stuff. And I, it's a soft fishy to me. It seems like they were, had a good excuse to be up there doing it. And you know, maybe that's just me. Let me tell you what's in my opinion, but they don't need to cheat for any reason. It doesn't make much sense to me, but it, it, it all happened and they caught them and took the film and thought it was bad enough to take it. So that's yeah, they're something. holding the film right now. But let me tell you the, the, the main thing to me that's fishy about the whole situation is apparently when they caught the, the guy video him, the guy asked, could he just delete it? Yeah. They offered to erase it. Yeah. He just said, can I just erase this? And y'all, basically not saying anything about it and not make it that big of a deal. Okay, well, if it's not a big deal and you're not doing anything wrong, why erase it? Now, I get maybe you're just like, look, like I'm sorry for being here. I'll just erase whatever I have. But it also makes me think, okay, this guy knew he had something on there that was probably going to be reviewed. The guy didn't even have like an exact New England Patriots shirt on. He was wearing a Boston Bruins shirt. Exactly. It wasn't even like, he mean, yeah, it should, it should, it should, you know, that's New England. These people should get it, but. The guy doing that kind of filming should be in something New England if he's working for New England. Exactly. I completely agree with you, Bo. Well, Bo, we spent some time on our NFL topics. Okay. I think we've had some good discussions about it. Hope our sure. listeners have enjoyed it. Let's move on to some college. Okay. Let's bring up – okay, so this upcoming Saturday night, the Heisman winner will be announced. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we've got four guys going for the Heisman right now. And I, I can make an argument for a fifth, and I'm going to at the end. Let's talk about the contestants. So we got Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Chase Young, and Justin Fields. Yep. Now, Joe Burrow, people, 
accumulated 4,700 yards to the air, 48 passing touchdowns, and three rushing touchdowns. He had at least 270 passing yards and two total touchdowns in every game, including three or more passing touchdowns in 11 of 13 contests. 77% completion rate. Led the LSU Tigers to a 12-0 record, SEC champs, and the best performance of the season probably that he had was in the SEC championship against the toughest defense he played. All right, now let's bring up contestant number two, Jalen Hurts. This man could be the third straight Oklahoma quarterback to win the Heisman. He has 3,600 passing yards, 1,300 rushing yards, 51 total touchdowns, which would be 32 passing, 18 rushing, and one receiving. Now, you know what I think goes against Jalen Hurts is that the Lincoln-Riley system, having the two other guys win it, is it the system? But that doesn't matter to me, Bo, because yeah, Lincoln-Riley Lincoln isn't out there running between the tackles and going yeah. up the sideline from 50 yards. That's not Lincoln-Riley. He's, execu- he's executing the offense better than you know, anyone else. So. Exactly. And I think Lincoln-Riley's brought, brought everything out of him that Nick Saban didn't. Again, Nick Saban is a great coach. I don't want anyone coming at me saying Wonderful that. coach, yeah. Don't come at me and say, oh, you said Lincoln Riley's better. I mean, you agree he's playing different uh, a weaker oh, 100%. defense. I, th- sure. I think Lincoln Riley trusts him with the football, whereas Nick Saban was like, look, let's play conservative. Our defense, our running backs will do enough to win the game. And now, I'm not saying that he didn't give Jalen Hurts the, the reins, but he played more conservative. You're seeing more big plays come out of Jalen Hurts this year than you saw with at Bama. By That's, far. You I almost thought, you would have Jalen Hurts's arm and 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 air ability were almost non-existent in Alabama. Exactly. So let's move on to our third contestant, Bo Chase Young. Okay, everybody, this is the edge rusher from Ohio State. Got a defender in the run in here. Chase Young has pretty much been the best defensive player in the country and arguably the most dominant on either side of the football. He leads the nation with 16 and a half sacks despite missing two games because of a suspension. A stupid suspension at that. All right. He added 21 tackles for a loss and seven forced fumbles. Again, that is with missing two games. When he came back, everyone saw what Ohio State had been missing. Chase Young is right now a better prospect than either one of the Bosa brothers at Ohio State. Oh, yeah. I would say so. His motor is unmatched. Doesn't it, I don't even know. It's it's like a nuclear fusion powered. It doesn't ever burn out. It's like thirty no, thousand degrees out. at all times. He'll play. He'll play majority of the snaps, and then in the fourth quarter, this guy is still out. <coughs> I, mean, I mean, talented offensive lineman. He, yeah. he when he's on the field, there is no one better than him. He is the yeah. best player on the football field, and sure. a lot of times it's not even close. Uh, it's most of the time. <laughs> it's it's. So, so let's talk about our fourth contestant, who I actually think has – I don't think a lot of people are talking about this guy enough. and It deserves to be talked about. This guy, it pains me so much, and we'll get to that. Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback. He has led the number one offensive college football at 49 points per game. He has 3,000 yards through the air, 40 touchdowns to one interception. He has 500 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns on the ground. Justin Fields, this kills me because, and I don't know where this has come from. I knew he was talented coming out of high school. Him and Trevor Lawrence were neck and neck to be the, you know, the most highly touted QB recruit in that class. And Justin Fields, I don't, 
I'm starting to wonder if, you know, Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs weren't just trying to go with what had been working and not trying something new. Because I don't know. The guy that I've watched this year at Ohio State, I believe he could have beat out Jake Fromm in practice. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. You know, Jake Fromm may have just been more comfortable with that offense. But the fact that I mean, Jake Fromm was a stud coming he out. He's a stud. He, I mean, he's beat out. He, he's beat out two guys that could be potential. Uh, a first, a potential. I, I don't think he's going to be, but a potential first rounder this year in Jacob Easton, who has showed out at Washington. And then Justin Fields is going to be a top ten pick next year, without a doubt. He should be. He without a doubt he should be. So Jake Fromm has stood his ground against these two guys. So, like I said, it still pains me to watch this. You know, all I keep saying is, God, he could be in a Georgia uniform next year and be playing for us if Jake Fromm decides to leave. But, Bo, you've heard the stats. Give me the guy you're giving the Heisman to. No, wait, actually, actually, give me get just a minute. I said I'd mention one more guy, a fifth contestant. Oh, okay. I didn't even know there's a fifth one. Well, it's probably not that hard to believe. Let's talk. Who do you think it is? How about that? Let me see who you think it is. Who do I think it is? Oh gosh, uh, not a quarterback. Not a maybe J.K. Dobbins. No, no. Uh, close. Is it a running back? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Correct. Ding ding yeah. ding. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, Bo. You remember you you remember Derrick Henry, right? He won the Heisman. Remember oh, that? Absolutely. That, that like six foot four uh, human being that runs out of the backfield for the Tennessee looks Titans. Like, look like Brandon Jacobs. Exactly. Jonathan Taylor has put up all around better statistics this year than Derrick Henry did when he won the Heisman. It's been unbelievable. So he has has like the most 200 yard games ever or something like that, too, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's also and as hard as this is, he's made a lot of people forget about Melvin Gordon at Wisconsin. He's broken most of Melvin Gordon's record. I mean, I think he, I think he might have like three to four two hundred yard games this year. Oh, they they ride him. They ride Jonathan. That, that's you know to me that that almost takes your NFL stock down. It's mileage that's taken off it's of the a pros. A lot of mileage, and that's two that's years why. off his NFL career. But he's career. still considered RB two, man. He's still considered RB two. I think he should. I mean, he's going to come out. I and think J.K. Dobbins could make a case for it. I mean, look at Derrick Henry. I'm, he caught the load. He's still beast. You're right. So I'm not. I'm not in any way saying that Jonathan Taylor should win the award. What's your order? One through five. <laughs> okay. I can give you mine. Burrow, okay. Wait, Young, okay. Fields, okay, Hurts, well, Taylor. This? How about this? Let's let's you just said that Burrow would win the Heisman for you, right? So let me wait yeah. for a minute. And obviously, who I say is number one would win the Heisman, okay? Mm-hmm. So let me look. Jonathan Taylor, there. Again, I'm not saying that this guy should win the award, but I mean, my God, the guy puts up better stats than Derrick Henry did the the year he won the Heisman, and he doesn't even get an invite. I, I mean, what type of disrespect know. is that? It's he should be. Uh, weren't the College Football Awards tonight? They were tonight. Did they, By did the he way, get shout the out to Rodrigo Blankenship winning the Lou Grozer Award for Georgia. Let's go, man. Big respect. Respect the specs. Did uh, Who won the running back of the year? Whatever, the Doak Walker or whatever it is. Jonathan I think it's Taylor. Doak Walker. Yeah, it's deserving, 100%. It's, deserving. it's 100% deserving. Yeah. It was just just like last year when um, Jerry Judy won the uh, Belitnikoff or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't pronounce it's that. The Bel- it's the Fred Belitnikoff. You're right. Yeah. You did so, right. 
Hey, who who was more deserving? May, I mean, you could have maybe said CD, maybe. Did Chase but, Young get the Bronco Nagurski Award, the defensive player? He should have. Yeah, I think he did. He should have. But my thing is, is how do you not get an invite, though? And, and I'm sorry, people. I understand that Chase Young is unbelievable, but I think a lot of the Heisman race, man, okay, I, I see it from two different ways. I think a lot of the time the Heisman race should be you know who deserves it stats wise, but who's who is more fun to watch? I remember when Reggie Bush won the Heisman. It was it was a no brainer. There was no one more fun in college football to watch than Reggie Bush. Nor the runner up. I ben think Jones. Derrick Henry was the same way the year he ran it. It was like holy moly, this is Megatron running the football. Exactly. Like I don't know, man. I'm all for Chase Young being there. I really am. How about this? The way I see it is, is I don't think they should have just four guys that can be up there. I think if there's a fifth guy that deserves the invitation and has played un, un, ungodly well for his team, I think he should be there. Why does it have to be four? Well, why can't we make it five? Why, so why, why can't the college Trinity... football playoff have to be four? Why not exactly. eight? That's, for, that's a talk for another day. Don't even get me started <laughs> on that. But I told you that last time. Don't get me started on that, bro. You always come at me, hit me with that. But I'm gonna hit you with it every week, baby. But let, like, I, I, again, I'm not gonna keep ranting on it. I think Jonathan Taylor should be be there at the Heisman ceremony. I don't I, think there's I any agree. reason he shouldn't be there. He's been. But, he was an early candidate, and he probably should have stayed that way because he, he never slowed down. There. But, okay, you, you asked me to order them. You asked me to order them. Well, okay. give me your one through five. Okay. One through five right now. I'm going Joe Burrow. So, Joe Burrow, everybody, is my Heisman. He gets my Heisman vote. I think he will win the Heisman. But it's going to be Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. Jonathan Taylor, then Chase Young. Wow. So you think Chase Young is at the back of that pack? I think he's at the back of that pack. <clears throat> that's big. That's that's and not me, what I that's not what I expected to hear from you at all. Yeah. It's probably not what I expected to hear from myself, but it's the way I feel about it. I really do. I think Jonathan. Why is that? Well, you, just, you don't think that Chase Young's been the difference maker for Ohio State? No. No, that's not what I'm saying. I think Chase Young is an unbelievable player. Well, we're just talking about – you mentioned flashy plays. I mean, I don't think there's been a flashier defensive player in the nation this year. Oh, no, there hasn't been. But what do you like seeing more, a flashier defensive uh, lineman, or do you like seeing a flashy running back? Uh, I mean, I think the the linebacker translates to the pros better than the running back. There's a Probably, probably, but we're talking about college. We're talking about Heisman. Let me let me put this in, in perspective for you. Do you remember? I can't remember what year it was, but the year that uh, J- Jabril Peppers was being talked about at Michigan so much. Yeah. That year, I thought that Jab- Jabril Peppers was the most, you know, and he didn't show it in Cleveland, and I think he's starting to show it now his potential. But I think Jabril Peppers that year was the most, the best all around overall. If you're talking just football player. You're talking about a guy you can throw out there almost at any position, and he goes and gets it. He shows out at it. Jabril Peppers was that for Michigan. Okay, I thought Jabril Peppers was hands down the best college football slash athlete in the country, which is exactly what I think Chase Young is. Now, Chase Young is much better than Jabril Peppers, people, and I'm not saying it isn't even close. Yeah. <laughs> but different. Ball. But I but I didn't expect Jabril Peppers to win to win the award. 
even though he put up, he had punt return touchdowns, kick return touchdowns, forced fumbles, uh, interceptions, sacks, receiving touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. I mean, my God, what more can you ask him a football player? Doesn't he have, doesn't Chase Young have the sack record in NCAA? Yeah, but you also, what what do you want him to do? Go on the the sideline and call the plays too? I mean, what else can you ask him, Jabril? You're you're talking about like best football players in the country, like football players, like at their position. I mean, Chase, there is no one touching Chase Young on the defensive side of the country. I mean, I just, I have to put that in my top three. Okay, all right, I see that. That's that's but, how okay, I felt. Okay, but how about this? How about this? Who is touching Jonathan Taylor though? I mean, yeah, of course. I sit here and say that DeAndre Swift is the RB one in the upcoming draft class. I'd be, I'd but who's be touching Jonathan if, Taylor? I'd be lying if I wasn't. I'd be lying if I was saying I wasn't weighing team success into this because Jonathan Taylor is ranked eighth with Wisconsin. I got him sitting at my five right now. Um, and then it's Hertz, who's who's the lowest ranked. Yeah, but what, okay, how Fields, about who's actually on the one, and then Young, who's I got Fields at three, Young at two, and they're you know they're both on the one, and then Burrow winning it. All right, how about I picked this? the LSU to win it all over Ohio State. Wisconsin was a very good football team this year. Very good. They were. They were. I just think that their offense now, could take, feel take, it in take Jonathan Taylor out of that offense. Well, take him out, but they they could they just once they, that's the thing the teams that beat them took Jonathan Taylor semi away and they couldn't do anything else. Exactly, Jonathan Taylor is that team. Chase Young is not that Ohio State defense. You you don't think that if Chase Young goes down, that doesn't kill them? Oh no no no, it's gonna hurt. But they still have an unbelievable secondary. They they still have very talented linebackers. They still have a pretty good defensive line. But but. You take, like you just said, though, you just said it yourself. Take away Jonathan Taylor from that Wisconsin offense. What I happened? Have, what I happened to no, him? When I don't know what that? the guys behind him is like. No idea. Is that what happened to him? That well, clear, clearly they couldn't. You know, when they stopped the run, Wisconsin stopped. Are you going to say that? Are you going to say that Ohio State's probably not still an elite defense without Chase Young? Elite is a tough word to say without Chase Young out there. I don't know. Not, not when you have one of the best cornerbacks, best shutdown cornerbacks in a long time out there, and your number two cornerback. Pass rush like affects cornerback play. It does. It does. Uh, you don't think Akuda is one of the best because of Chase Young all over? No, I think Akuda is one of the best. The best overall. I mean, it helps though. Is all I'm saying. Oh, it, it helps. It definitely helps. It definitely helps. In no way. Again, I'm not trying to disrespect Chase Young. There are going to be people, people that listen to this, and they're going to think I'm absolutely nuts. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, he's he's considered heavily as, you know, the best ball player, non-quarterback ball player in the country. Oh, I think I think he is. That's why he's my two. I thought you said he was your three. He's, he's my two. Fields is my three. Cause, okay, so you, ha- you have Jalen Hurts. Burrow, I got Burrow, Young, Fields, Hurts, Taylor. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize there was a five spot. I had only done a one through four. Okay. Well, there isn't a five spot, which is what I take. We just did with. our own little little yeah, honorable are, mention. Like I said, people, Joe Burrow wins it. I'm not trying to keep ranting. Me and Bo are gonna gonna sit down to talk about this at some point. I promise you that. But Joe Burrow is the Heisman winner this we, year. We can I, concur. Joe Burrow's winning it. He, Joe Burrow's winning it. You know, there's there's death taxes, and Joe Burrow's gonna win the Heisman this year. Amen. And if he doesn't. I just probably won't do a podcast anymore because anything I come on here and say probably won't be pretty enough to have up on iTunes or SoundCloud. 
So well, I, think, I think we might have to delay the episode a few days if they doesn't. You oh, might be a little Joe emotional. Burrow doesn't get the Heisman. Yeah, you won't be having an episode. For Either me. that or I'm bringing a mic to your house the second it happens to hear what your reaction is. Uh, I don't think, oh, man, I don't I don't even know what I would say, man. But, <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't handle that. I, I can't take much more of, of stupidity from from sports, man. Stupidity is growing rapidly and reasonable sense is declining. And that's almost in every aspect of sports right now. That's in refereeing. Um, that's in suspensions. That's in a lot of it's just to do with the NCAA. Uh, you know, they're, they're talking about paying players and what players can do and what they can't do. Like I said, the Ch- the Chase Young suspension was awful. Yeah, Absolutely that was, that was so bad. Absolutely awful. And now, and see, this is something else that is really hurt. Now you've changed something to where, okay, players can now get uh, make make something from their likeness, right? Yeah. But let's think about all the players in the past that you've screwed because of that. Okay. Yeah, let's think about that. Hugely marketable guy. And I'm gonna and, and see, this is the best way I know it is Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was on pace to win the Heisman that year with Georgia. He gets suspended for four games. Okay, he gets gets suspended for four games for signing something, not not getting paid to do it, just signing something. Was it he signed it and someone else sold it for money? Yeah, so messed up, man. And but his, but basically, look look if you hadn't have done that to him that year, Todd Gurley may may won the Heisman. Okay, good Todd chance. Gurley's, Todd Gurley's done fine without it. Todd Gurley's career didn't plummet because of that, but still. There's a there's a lot of stuff going on, and people suspensions in the NFL, man. Okay, I don't I don't smoke I don't smoke marijuana, but do I do I think NFL players should be allowed to to deal with their injuries and their anxieties that they have from multiple hits to the head? You're damn right I do. And side note on that, did you hear today the MLB is dropping it from their drug abuse list? I did hear that. I think I think the NFL is a few years take, behind the that. NFL needs to take note, man. The NFL needs to take note. That's that's the start of it, I think. It'll it'll I think it'll go from there to like the NBA, and then then probably there. And then I bet hockey's probably the last. I mean, you've got one of the most talented receivers. I mean, physically, in Josh Gordon, right? Yeah. This guy smoked because of his anxiety. Career derailed. Career derailed because he this man tries to to help his own anxiety. This is something personal. Football is a game, people. As much as I love it, and I'm sitting here making a podcast of it. It is it people live their lives without football. And if you if you use marijuana, you're not out here trying to use it be a criminal using it. You're using it because it you it helps you. Especially Gordon, if you're in a medicinal state or recreational state. Like exactly. he's he's in Washington now, you know. Josh Gordon took himself out of the league. He didn't get kicked out one time. One time he took himself out because he knew he needed it. That was and last did, year, wasn't it? Yeah, he needed to reassess things. Yeah. There's no reason for it. And as many a players, former players, that have come out and said, oh, I, I played all time high. Oh, I couldn't have done it if I didn't get high after games. I couldn't have dealt with the pain. But instead, they'll sit here and they'll give you prescription pills that players go out here and they get hooked on because the pain's so bad. It's it's un, it's unbelievable it's that they, they can't even discuss. take CBD. It's a topic that I'm going to discuss on, on a podcast and maybe a whole podcast about it, about, you know, marijuana and the NFL. It's yeah. a, it's a touchy subject, man, but 
it's something that needs to be talked about and people need to stop looking. I understand that, you know, it's still illegal in some places, but it's becoming legalized slowly because it, it's it's not out here like they're doing cocaine. It's not. It no, really, it's, it has medical it has medical benefits. It, it, exactly. You I don't mean, see CBD, other hard drugs. CBD you promotes hard your drugs. healing process. Man. Exactly. Football is all about healing from injuries and and recovery for your muscles. And you don't you don't see other hard drugs out here. Getting, Dude, getting, they're they are prescribing Vicodin like it's Skittles in the NFL right exactly, now. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, they are handing the the. Let me tell you something. The sleeping pills they're putting these guys on is dangerous. Very dangerous. Okay. The, the there's Willie Colon played for the Steelers uh, through like two Super Bowls. He was a he's an offensive tackle for us. Uh, came out of Hofstra University. Little known. Had to make his name as a bruiser. Uh, making his way through the ranks, coming up off out of nowhere, up off practice squads and all that stuff. Ended up starting for the Steelers for a long time, and he said the best day of his life was the day he got to throw his Ambien away, because they get they they just they just give them Ambien like it's nothing in the NFL. You got a long flight, or you can't sleep, your knees hurt. Sleeping pills, sleeping pills, sleeping pills, painkillers, painkillers, sleeping pills, yeah, yeah. shots, painkillers. Pop another pill, pop yeah, another yeah. pill. It'll take care Here, of the problem. So, yeah, but you're also creating exactly. another problem. Oh, huge <laughs> problem. These, how many of these guys got chemical dependencies that are allowed? You know what I mean? It's, exactly. it's, it's, it's wrong on them when you could give them a natural alternative, whether you smoke marijuana or not, whether that's your thing or not. These guys could get a healthy alternative that they prefer. That they're exactly. that they're that many doctors would give them. And, you don't even that, have to give them real marijuana. CBD exactly. with no THC, the lotions, it, the bombs, all that stuff helps. But guys, I'm sorry we keep ranting. We are probably the two worst podcast hosts at ranting. Depends what you're into. We're trying to figure it out. I'm trying to reel myself in, but it's really hard to when I'm really passionate about something. We enjoy talking to each other, and we have like minds when it comes to this game. And it's a privilege to be able to sit here and just talk. Yeah, it's a privilege to put our thoughts out there, and for people to you know be interested to hear it. And again, I'm sorry we keep our ranting, but bro, there was one other thing I wanted to get to tonight. You know what that was? Me and you were talking on the last episode, talking about you know uh, RBU. Mm-hmm. And I passionately feel as Georgia, but I want I wanted to dive deeper. I wanted to find out. Okay, well let's look at all the offensive positions and let's find out where the most talent comes from at each position. Okay, so I've got right here in front of me. I got QBU. Okay. Okay. I've got QBU. Now QBU for me. Now, like I said to you earlier, bro, you've got guys like Steve Young that have come from BYU. You've got um. Let's think about who would that – you've got guys from Stanford like uh, John Elway and Andrew Luck. But right now, Bo, now you made a strong case for Purdue earlier. And Purdue, like I said, is known as the cradle of quarterbacks. They are actually known as QBU. But my QBU right now, yeah, you know, it could be a lot of recency bias, is Oklahoma. You've got back-to-back number one overall picks at Oklahoma and Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. You've got Sam Bradford. Who was a solid quarterback? I know I was talking down on him earlier for the amount of money he made. Did he deserve that much money? No, probably not. But that's just how quarterbacks get paid nowadays. <laughs> and now you've got Jalen Hurts, who is, you know, doing incredible things at the college level right now. And it yeah. looks like it seems to be that quarterbacks coming from out of Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley's system or or you know, they'll work it's working in the NFL. So Absolutely. Jalen Hurts may be on the same path. I don't think he's as good of a prospect as Baker or Kyler was, 
But hey, you're still pretty pretty darn good, even if you're not quite as good as them. Okay. <laughs> you're you're there's quite a lot competitive. Of, there's a lot of guys in the NFL that aren't quite quite as good as Kyler Murray, and they're still good quarterbacks. There's a lot there. I would say there's there's probably 50, 60 that aren't even close, and they're playing the NFL, backing exactly. people up. So, and, and then you know, you we were talking about Purdue. You've got Drew Brees, you've got Lynn Dawson, Bob Greasy. You know, like you were saying, uh, I mean, God, Drew Brees has won one Super Bowl, and I think he's been to two, correct? Yes. Okay, and then you've got. Well, um, wait a minute. Back that up. I think he's won one, and he's only been to one. Which you're right. You're right. Lost. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I, for some reason I was thinking he'd been to. It's hard to believe he hasn't. You think been he's been to an NFC complaint. championship game? Yeah, you're right. You're right. So yeah. let's let's think about. Yeah, well, and of course, you know, he got screwed in that with the the call against the Rams. <laughs> well, that was that one the championship game was it? Or was the championship game? I believe that's the championship game. But it was in New Orleans. It was in New Orleans. It was, yep. Yeah, you're right. Yep. yep. So, you know, we've got you've got Purdue. You got. Um, I just think Oklahoma has, and like I said, it may be recency bias, man, but Oklahoma's my QBU. Are you giving that to Oklahoma? Or are you are you sticking with the with the oldies and going Purdue's the Boilermakers way? I mean, if I think if you want to talk about who's got the best quarterbacks, like okay, ever, if you're going in history and by winning history, in Super Bowls, we're gonna, you're, we're going, gonna go you're give, gonna go by. You're but gonna see, go Purdue. Let's but, give these guys some time, dude, man. And let's and this these, is something weird here. Uh, uh, another school that I'm actually doing some – I'm looking up to confirm our, our Purdue discussion we've been having, and another one is that came out of nowhere here is BYU. Yeah, well, like I said, BYU has Ty Detmer, correct? Jim McMahon and Steve Young. And Steve Young. Steve and, yeah, Sarkeesian, Ty Detmer, the Alabama uh, OC. Well, see, a lot of people may not know because they're, they're not football junkies like us, so a lot of people may not really be ringing any bells with Ty Detmer. You probably know the name. Because Ty Detmer's a you know a um, unusual name, but Ty Detmer was very good, very good. Everyone knows who Steve Young is. Um, uh, so who are you going with, bro? Are you gonna go? Okay, are you going Purdue's gonna, way? Or are you I'm going gonna, BYU? I'm gonna, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run with Purdue. I really am. I think okay. the uh, the breeze, the greasies, uh, Lynn Dawson. It's pretty pretty unbelievable. I mean, have you ever it, watched? Have you ever watched? I mean, not uh, to mention Kyle Orton and Curtis Painter, both NFL QBs that were not half bad. Exactly. Well, okay. Have you ever watched film on Bob? Not Greasy? great either. But uh, I've seen highlights. I Bob Greasy was a little before my time, but the fact that I'm reading here he started five Super Bowls was. I love knows, watching Bob. I loved watching Bob Greasy, man. Oh, him and Lynn Dawson started five together. Yeah. They won three. Good lord. Yeah, you talk about some uh, Super Bowl winners coming out of Purdue, man. Good Lord, and a lot man. of times it's 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 these schools that no one would think, right? Yeah, it is. It is. So so moving down the list. All right, bro. So I, RBU. I I want you I want you let, let's try to speed this up. We'll get we're getting we're gonna we're about to make a two hour podcast here in a little bit. Let's get close. Let's talk about RBU for Georgia. I mean, uh, oh, man, you, you got your mind made up now. That's right. That's right. I want to see if you caught <laughs> on. To that. So, all right. So, all right. So, my, the way I see it is, I'm going to list my guys, right? Now, I want you to list your guys. Okay. Obviously, Georgia had Todd Gurley, 
Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, all three in the league right now. You, okay. you know the awards Todd Gurley has won. The yeah. guy's been unstoppable the past two years. This year, yeah, they've taken the load off of him, son. I don't think that means he's any less talented. Okay? Nick yeah. Chubb is going to his first Pro Bowl this year. And I think he's third in the NFL in scrimmage yards. Sonny Michelle has had a down year, but he also was one of the most important players in the Patriots Super Bowl last year when he was a rookie. And I, I'm, pretty sure, I'm, for sure. I'm pretty sure he he ran for seven touchdowns in the playoffs or six or something like that. It was the first rookie to ever do that. So that sounds right. All right. So let's let's talk about this as well. Obviously, his his NFL career didn't pan out like his college one did. But you got Herschel Walker. You've got Garrison. He's a, Hurst. He's, a, he's, a he's a and he's a Hall of Famer. You've got Garrison Hurst. I don't know if Herschel Walker is a Hall of Famer. I don't think Herschel Walker is a Hall of Famer. I know he's a college football Hall of Famer, but I don't yeah, think he's yeah, a Yeah, he's a college football Hall of Famer. Um, and, and people never – okay, no Sean Moreno wasn't bad for the Broncos. A, yeah, yeah he, he played he, – he had an all right career. He wasn't, he wasn't too bad. He wasn't yeah. the best either, but well, he wasn't no, too bad. Well, didn't, have, didn't have an amazing career. But let's talk about Terrell Davis. Everyone talks Great about Marshall player. Falkman as a, as a pass-catching back and to you know, set no, the stage for that. Terrell he Davis is a Hall of Famer, isn't he? Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer. Terrell Davis is a Super Bowl MVP. So, you come at me. You come at me. You list some names, man. You list some names. I've done my fair share of research on the RBU, man. I'll stand beside Georgia every day. You give anybody out there, you give me a team that puts in more. Like I said, I went on ESPN, man, and I'm not a huge fan of ESPN. And ESPN didn't even have a college being Georgia with it. Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle in the NFL right now, about to have DeAndre Swift. Didn't even have them in the top ten for RBU. Yeah, that's that, that's pretty wild. So so go ahead and give me your guys. And I know who you're rolling with. You're rolling with Roll Tide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alabama's got some pretty good ones out there, dude. I mean, they've they not to mention not, they've got some good ones, but they've just put so many guys out there to get drafted successfully as well. I mean, also one that have a, also uh, have a guy coming in this year, Najee Harris as well. Yeah. He's, he's really good. He's really, really good. Um, I mean, dude, Mark Ingram, Trent, I mean, Trent Richardson wasn't very good. Trent Richardson, Trent Richardson was drafted. Sean Alexander went there. Derek Henry, you know what I mean? Like these guys are, these guys are pretty good. I mean, I think Derek Henry over the last 20 games, man, I think he's leading the NFL in rushing. Oh, he's probably a top three quarterback, top three running back. If you if you just count like the past like pfft, sixteen he, to twenty, fifteen 16, to twenty games, he's fifteen to twenty games. You're you're looking at him as a top three running back. Yeah, in the NFL, I mean he honestly. is. I mean, yeah, he I think the only really, people you put in front of him in front of him at that point, if you're going by thirty games, you're probably only putting Christian McCaffrey and Todd Gurley in front of him. Yeah, I mean, and T.J. Yeldon is no slouch. No, he's finds, not slouted. Finds his way to Solid the team backup. every year. You know what I mean? You, have he's, you said Josh Jacobs yet? I have not said Josh Jacobs yet. Josh Jacobs is an absolute beast. Najee Harris is on the Patriots, right? Not Najee Harris. Uh, Najee, what's the what's the one from last year? The one that's ran behind Damian uh, Harris. Damian Harris. That's right. Damian, Damian Harris. Harris was yeah. was my third ranked running back in that class. Yeah, I mean, dude, that it, it's. But I don't think I don't think. I mean, guys, Mark, Mark Ingram's having a cur- like a career he, year. He, 
he has in the career year. I mean, he dude, really Ed, Eddie Lacy just got out of, you know. <laughs> Eddie Lacy, but see, the thing with Eddie Lacy is Eddie Lacy was so talented, but he had he had problems controlling his body weight. He would yeah. come to practice overweight, and, you know, in no way, shape, or form, I'm saying that's. That's Harper, that, that, dude. That, well, yeah, in Eddie Lacy's, Eddie Lacy's case, that's something that people struggle with, you know. There's a lot of people uh, that struggle with that issue of not being able to control their body weight. So in no shape or form, I'm saying that you know Eddie right Lacy, here. you know, <laughs> come on now. But <laughs> I, I don't want to get into an argument about it. You have Alabama, I have RBU. We'll let the listeners decide on that. They've heard the names. We'll see what they decide. You I mean, know, there's, there's and there's plenty of good schools you can throw in there. Oh yeah, you got you got uh Miami, you got Willis McKinney, yeah, Adrian James, Frank Gore. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. You, you've got really good universities out here that put out RB talent. They some really pretty, do. Some pretty serious ones for sure. Now, wide receiver, you were making a really good case to me earlier about Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't think you can put anybody. Wide receiver university is Clemson. You know, <laughs> Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Deion Kane. You got T. T. Higgins coming in this year. Hunter Renfro, who has been a stud for the. We got to leave out people that haven't been drafted yet. Okay, all right. Because they, okay, I guess if you because if you included that, there may be a chance Alabama would overtake him with just one draft class. <laughs> they're gonna year. they're gonna get so, Devonte Smith, Henry Ruggs, and Jerry Judy. And, and you have Mike Williams. Top. You have Mike Williams with the Chargers from Clemson. So I think Adam right Humphreys. now. Adam Humphreys, exactly. You can't put anybody oh. right now over Clemson in the wide receiver. It's so. they, they're a factory for it, man. Absolutely. They they, they churn them out. It's it's Ooh. unbelievable. Let's talk about uh tight end, okay? So on the last podcast, I said that Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes, had to be the best tight end um, university because of guys like George Kittle, Dallas Clark. No offense, really finding his way. Well, fan T.J. Hawkinson. But recently, I did my uh, research, Bo. They are not tight end you, and it blew my mind. Miami is. You know, we just had a lot of good guys from – Miami has always put out talent, man. Always. Miami has put out talent. It's that state of Florida, man. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. Okay? but And we just mentioned their running backs. Okay, let's talk about their tight ends. Miami has put out Jeremy Shockey, Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, David Njoku, who was my number one tight end that year, Chris Herndon. I mean, all, just all, all, all pretty much studs. Like I said, I was great, man. Dallas Clark, C.J. Fedorowicz, George Kittle, T.J. Hawkinson, no offense, but they're not overtaken. I mean, there are some bona fide greats. Greg Olson and Jeremy Shockey are bona fide. Some of the two of the greatest tight ends. Oh, they, dude, I would love that. They really are, man. So they good. really are. So I think Miami takes that. It shocked me. It really did. But, Bo, let's move on real quick so our listeners can – God, if y'all stuck with us this long, y'all are some of the most dedicated people, and I appreciate you guys I subscribing. I appreciate you every minute. I really appreciate it if you guys have made it this far. Obviously, if you didn't, you didn't hear this message. But anyway, moving on. All right, we're talking about four games coming up, bowl games. You got Auburn versus Minnesota. What's your quick thoughts on it, Bo? Auburn, Minnesota. I think Auburn's going to win, but I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, things I'm really looking for here on this one are going to be Minnesota's senior wide receivers, Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. A uh, special thing about them, uh, well, Rashad Bateman is, a, I think he's a junior. Uh, they both have 1,000 yards and they both have 11 touchdowns. That is, is insanely hard to do. 
they're both deadly guys. They're both going to be in the NFL one day. Uh, they have this team is loaded with seniors. If anyone's going to beat Auburn, it could be them. But I just think this the star power at Auburn is 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 going to be you know, pretty tough to deal with. And, you know, even even Minnesota's got six seniors on defense, and they got uh, Antoine Antoine Winfield Jr. His dad played 14 seasons in the NFL. He's their leading tackler, leading turnover man. He's going to be out there going crazy for PJ Fleck, rowing that boat. Um, all night. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Auburn just could edge them out. I think their run game can take it over. They should win the battle in the trenches. Um, sm- I love this name. Probably other than Chubba Hubbard, man. Smoke Monday is just an absolute Monday, dog man. of a football name. He's a. I love it. Smoke Monday. Is it better I'm than Chubba Hubbard? That's just what I guess. What I said is other than Chubba Hubbard. Smoke Monday. I would if I had to pick between the two to be my name, I would, I would want Monday. to be Smoke Monday. Yeah. <laughs> That's what and I'm then, saying. Um Jeremiah Denson is a guy, uh, another guy to pay attention to. He's senior free safety. He's leading the team in tackles and picks. Uh I think he's with three. Um and Donald Brown is gonna be in there wreaking absolute havoc. And I think he's gonna be the real game breaker. Is he is gonna be all over Tyler Morgan. Uh, the quarterback for Minnesota. He's a sophomore, and I feel like once not once. Derek Brown. Yeah, Derek Brown. I, I always always I call him Don. Like, I was like Donald. I always I, I always call him Donald Brown. I've, I've called you. I've got personally Derek done it. Name. You got I've Derek personally Brown, called him Derek uh, Donald Brown to you three times, I believe now. Yeah, you have. This Derek is the Brown, third man, time. Derek Brown is probably going to be a top. Top, I'd say top twelve pick in the upcoming draft. He should be top. I mean, top five, top ten. I mean, he should be first first D lineman taken. Oh, absolutely. You know, first team that needs it. I mean, Quentin Williams went three last year or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's it's going high nowadays. But I, I think Auburn edges them out. I mean, you saw what Auburn can do when they get a team on their heels. When they what they did with Alabama, they can really keep up, man. And oh, they I can. just and Bo Nix is no joke, man. Minnesota, Bo, Bo yeah. No joke. Minnesota got put in their place by uh by Wisconsin. Their defense at the the second half of that game, and Auburn's not going to do them any nicer. They're just not. I'm, I'm gonna give you my rundown real quick. I'm gonna take Auburn in this game. I think they edge out Minnesota. What I'm looking for in this game is just watching Derek Brown uh just destroy another offensive line. The guy played the guy played Georgia. I hate to quit keep mentioning Georgia, but Georgia had. Probably one of the top three offensive lines in the country. And Derek Brown wreaked havoc. I mean, you can't get a hold of this guy. This guy overpowers you, outmaneuvers you. He 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 is a bona fide stud. I want to see also, I want to see Tyler Johnson versus uh, the cornerbacks for Auburn. The cornerbacks mm-hmm. played really good in a lot of games this year. They played well against, and I know it was a high school game, but they, they played decent against the the best wide receiver core in the country against Alabama. They really did. They had two picks, I believe. Okay, so I want I want to see Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson didn't get an invite to the Senior Bowl this year, Mobile, Alabama. Wrong, it's just wrong. They, he didn't get an invite. Yeah, I think it was a little bit wrong. All right, Tyler Johnson, go out there and show him what you can do. Let me He's see. A, this it. this is your Senior Bowl. This is your Senior Bowl. You show these scouts what you can do against an SEC defense. There's All a right? lot of guys where this is their Senior Bowl. This like this whole bowl season. Next, not not this weekend, but next weekend, the one after. You got a lot of a lot of names are going to soar to the top of the draft boards. Exactly. Now with uh, USC versus Iowa, I'm gonna give my prediction real quick. I'm gonna take Iowa in this game. Yeah. I am gonna take Iowa in this game. I think they edge them. Uh, Iowa always has has a solid defense. I love AJ Epinesa behind Chase Young. There is no. I don't think there's another defender in the country that. Pff, it's probably more. There may be more talented, but I mean. At, 
at what he does, he is so good at it. For most of his career, he played as a backup and was still putting up unbelievable numbers for mm-hmm. Iowa. Okay, so I think AJ Epinesa is gonna gonna come in and he's going to mess up the the offensive line for USC. He's gonna get to the quarterback. He's gonna have some QB hits. He's gonna have some hurries, and it's gonna mess up USC's quarterback. He they really he really is. I think AJ Epinesa just gives Iowa an edge. Plus, Nate Stanley isn't half bad as a quarterback. He's not half good either, though, with 14 TDs on the year. Yeah, he's not exactly, but I think Nate Stanley can prove himself. 14 and seven picks as well. It's not very good. I th- I think that he can come out and show in this game a little bit more composure. I think the offense, uh, the Iowa offensive line will keep uh, USC's um, pressure off of him, and I have Iowa winning this game. Um, do you want to keep moving on? Or do you have any takes on that, Bo? Um, I think uh, I'm going to just real quick. I think Iowa's going to win. Um, something just to watch out for. USC is probably going to lose this one, but keep an eye on Keaton Slovis. Uh, Slovis, I think he's, he's a freshman quarterback for USC. He's 3,000 yards, uh, 71% completion rate, and 28 TDs as a freshman right now. Uh, yes, it's just sir. something to keep an eye on. He's going to be good in two years. Um, and then – like I said, I, like you said, uh, Iowa is just a, kind of a, a model of consistency. I think they're going to win because they have three rushers over 400 yards, uh, two guys carrying it over five yards per carry. It really doesn't matter who they roll out there. they got age on their offensive line, three upperclassmen, two brothers out there, actually. So they have a lot of cohesion. They're always co- well coached. So I'm going to go with Iowa as well, just like you. All right, I'm, I'm going to speed it up here. we got Bama versus Michigan. I'm taking Bama in this game. Bama's going to come out pissed. They're going to be mad. They're not in the college football playoff. Off. I think Michigan, Shea Patterson, you know, all respect in the world to you, my bro, my uh, my man. But Bama has Raquan Davis, and they have uh, Terrell Lewis. Those guys are going to get to the quarterback. Shea Patterson is going to have a t- is going to have a hard time with pressure in this game. And also, you've got solid you've got solid guys in the secondary. You've got solid guys at every level for Alabama, but you've got really solid guys in the second day with Trevon Diggs, and you've got Xavier McKinney back there. And, of course, Michigan's got Donovan People-Jones and Tariq Black, talented, two very talented receivers. But I see Alabama winning this game, getting to the quarterback. May, I think I, I'm going to predict a defensive touchdown for Alabama in this game. I think Alabama wins this game by two touchdowns, maybe more. I'm going to completely agree with that. I think Alabama wins this by at least 17 points. Um, I guess that's three possessions. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. I think it's just going to be the defense, and I don't believe that Michigan's defense is going to be able to keep a lid on it. I think Mac Jones, with a few weeks to prepare, is going to be just fine. Like you said, I I can see uh, multiple turnovers happening, maybe a defensive TD, definitely a couple turnovers. Xavier McKinney is going to get after it. Uh, he's got four picks on the year. It's pretty impressive. And uh, Anfrey Jennings with seven sacks is pretty nice for Bama. Um, I just don't, like you said, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins, they're good players. Uh, Ronnie Bell, it's a it's a, it's a a good core wide receivers and all. But I'm not a Shea Patterson believer. Um, 2,800 yards, 22-6. He's a senior. Uh, you, uh, sometimes I think you just expect more from him in the moment. They've been a letdown offensively this year, in my opinion. Um, I think it's going to be kind of a lopsided game. Bama's being disrespected a little bit because of the quarterback situation. Like you said, they're going to come out mad and take this one. All right, let's move on to our last one, Georgia versus Baylor. Okay. Let's talk about Georgia for a minute. 
I haven't seen what I need to see from Jake Fromm this year, especially in a year where a lot of people considered he'd be one of the top quarterbacks drafted in this upcoming draft class. I've seen a lot of what I needed to see from the Georgia defense. DeAndre Swift has been the man. Um, all of the guys, as I know of right now, are going to be playing in this bowl game. But Baylor is going to win. I have Baylor winning this game. I love that prediction. I have the same thing. I have Baylor Baylor winning this game against my Georgia Bulldogs. Baylor has a high-octane offense, very high-octane. They put points on the board. Georgia has struggled to do so. That's what Georgia's kryptonite was against LSU. You know, also not being able to stop LSU, but even when LSU scored, Georgia couldn't score. I think that follows them into this game. They're going to have to go into – the offseason, figure some things out, make some changes. I think Georgia loses in the Sugar Bowl to Baylor. I think that if you want me to make a score prediction, I'm probably going to go with, let's go Baylor 31, Georgia 21. I like that score prediction, I, and I agree. Um, Baylor's got two running backs going for over six yards of carry. It's just super impressive. Um, two guys, more than five TDs. And John Lovett and Jamichael Hasty, uh, they're they're just unbelievable. Uh, Charlie Brewer has added like ten rushing touchdowns to his season, along with en- enough yards for <laughs> to say he had a good year. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they quietly have some serious producers. Uh, they got a guy with over a hundred total tackles. Super hard to do these days. Terrell Bernard, and uh, in college, you get a hundred total tackles in a season. Uh, you're going to be chasing a lot of guys around the field and you spread offenses as a linebacker and get 107 tackles. Usually, you look across the, the nation, it's a lot of DBs leading their teams in tackles. This guy is all over the field. And then they have a, they just, once again, quietly have a guy with 12 and a half sacks and, uh, and James Lynch. And he's I think he's going to put some pressure on the Georgia offensive line. Even though they they should be an offensive line, they can handle it, but... They get after it. They're relentless. They're a hustle defense. If you get out of the pocket, they're coming to get you still. They don't just slow down you know, and watch you go by. So, And uh, I just think, like you said, this high-octane offense mixed with a defense that can keep up. I like Baylor in this game. Uh, it could be close. I like, I like 34-28. All right. I like that prediction. Well, guys, look, we have definitely gone past our – we try to keep it between an hour and 20 minutes, hour and we had, 30 minutes. We had fun tonight, man. Yeah, we had fun tonight. I actually came into this podcast wanting it to be a little bit shorter tonight. I didn't think we had as much to talk about, but the, the topics that we did have were something that we could talk about a lot. We could mm-hmm. go on rants about it and really get into. So I think that's why we've gone over on Mark tonight. Guys, again, if you have stuck with us for this long tonight, I really appreciate it. I appreciate all the love that I've gotten on my podcast. Like I said, episode one, um, we had some solid, solid um, listens throughout two weeks. Episode two had more listens in one night than episode one did in two weeks. I appreciate all the love, guys. There are guys out here listening to this that I didn't even think would be listening to us. I appreciate the love so much. You guys have really been awesome. Again, thank you so much for just giving me your time, wanting to hear my takes, me and Bo's takes. It has been amazing. I've had a lot of fun doing this for you. Bo, once again, man, it has been awesome to do this with you tonight. I look forward to doing this every time, man. I, I'm going to count the days to the next podcast. We'll get some great topics for next time. Again, thank you, guys. Thank you, Bo, for giving me your time. And, Bo, why don't you bring us out? All right. I mean, I had a blast, too, dude. This was – this is – it's been a blast, man. Two hours flew by. It's like it's like it didn't even happen. Um, 
I'll just tell you real quick. My plug is going to be uh, at TSR in all caps, TSR bow in lowercase B E A U. Uh, and that's where I put all post all my writing articles of, I do a little Steelers contributing for last word on uh, ProFootball.com. been with them for it's for most of this season. I started over the summer, go over there and check out my stuff. Um, and uh, Jacob, once again, I had a blast, man. Why don't you tell them where they can find you and we'll get out of here. All right, guys, y'all can look me up on Twitter at Scouting LLC. Find TSR on Instagram at Scouting underscore LLC. If any any players out there, any small school guys that are looking to have some film broken down, please email me, scoutingbreakdown at gmail.com. Bo, it has been amazing, man. Let's get off this pod. Appreciate all the listeners. You guys have a great night. TSR out. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pod where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of mass significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome because it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away. No, all that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Because you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go.